You're listening to Not Your Mother's Therapy, the podcast where Freud meets the 21st century. Neuroscience, psychology, and spirituality collide to help you expand your mind and your potential. Here are your hosts, modern day mystic and founder of the School of Spiritual Arts, Veronica Drake, and the co-founders of Soul Happy, psychotherapist Tara Hewitt and Tracy Zaboral. Hi, everybody. Welcome. You are joining us for episode nine of our new podcast. I am Tracy Zaboro, and I am joined with my fellow, my business partner and fellow psychotherapist, Kara Hewitt. Hello, everybody. I'm, I'm telling my dog, Molly, to uh, quiet down if you're looking. <laughs> I'm looking this way. <laughs> so mine is laying right here at my feet. Yeah. But he will not be loud. He's like a slug. Um, anyway, so today we are kind of excited to bring to you what is really just kind of very near and dear to our heart, which I guess I could kind of sum up as a little bit of our journey that uh, we've gone on in order to allow us to get to the point of wanting to make some major changes as clinicians. And it's exciting because these major changes are ultimately um, what this podcast has been about and will continue to be about, which is letting you all know about the, you know, the new findings, the new opportunities that you have in order to make some changes for yourself from a behavioral standpoint. And just to let our listeners know um, a little bit more about us in terms of our um, training and where we where we've come from and how we've really come to an understanding of um, where psychotherapy is going, where it's been, and our experience in that, and kind of just let our listeners kind of get to know us from that perspective, because, you know, this is our, like I said, our ninth podcast, and we really want people to understand what, you know, what's our, what's our platform? What are, what are we talking about here? Yeah. And what's, what are we really passionate about? So I think that's what we're going to be talking Well, I know that's what we're going to be talking about today. Yep. So, um, you know, to just kind of, to just kind of jump in with what, so I, you know, I was trained back in the eighties and the training was very traditional talk therapy. And in fact, the, the program that I was involved in, it was actually quite, um, it, it was true, good old fashioned psychoanalysis and um yeah, which is rooted in in um freud just in freudian perspective yeah you know a lot of where uh so just to sum up the kind of the old traditional talk therapy and carrie your training was a little bit more progressive and updated but that traditional talk therapy is the true you go back and you start from you know the, your earliest memories, your childhood memories, your background, uh, your upbringing, your relationships with your with each parent, your relationships with your siblings, where you stood in the family order of, sibling, of children, all of that was uh, dissected, picked apart, and analyzed so that you would have a better understanding of yourself. And you know, sure, there's a lot of good there's a lot of good that comes from all that, but it is a laborious process. Um, the way I was trained, just the assessment alone took about a good two sessions because you, you're like, if you're starting, you know, if you're starting at age two or whatever, you know, you've got a lot of yeah. 
you know? Yeah. yeah. That's the kind of thing that we were, that we're trained to ask. And that's just, that's just, you know, it's, it's where, it's where theories developed and, and, you know, psychology is, is, is subjective. You know, theorists have come through, um, you know, starting with, with Freud and, and theorists have come through and said, okay, this is how we're going to look at personality or this is going to how we're going to, this is how behavior is formed. And this is, and, and everybody is, is played their part in contributing to these different theoretical approaches to counseling. Right. And, and so, so, so every, no one's wrong or no one's right. Right. Everything it's, has been part of the sequence. And again, it has to do with this subjectivity. Well, and in fact, you know, thank God for Freud, because before Freud, he's the first person, he really kind of is the founder of psychology as we know it. He was the first person to even realize that we can shed light on, you know, to really look at behaviorism, to really look at why do we act the way we act? You know, prior to that, people were probably just trying to survive. <laughs> so, you know, at this point now, you know, he, he, shed, he was shedding light on, a, on an area that nobody had really explored before. So, you know, he really started our, the, he, was the, he was truly the father of what is the backbone of what became our careers, you know? Exactly. Yeah. So, so that's why we thought it would be a good uh, thing to discuss today is where our, um, where Tracy and I have come from, what our training taught us and where we've come now today, uh, you know, what 20, in my case, um, 20 years, Tracy's case, um, what, 30, 30, 30 something years. So we just thought we would, we would talk about that today and um, start by kind of giving you the phrase that, that, we have come to understand through this this realization over the last four years of working together that basically and tracy you say this the best well well what happened is that Karen and i at one point as we started collaborating we looked at each other and we're like have have therapists been dealing with the wrong part of the mind all these years us yeah. therapists so so that, so that little state that statement alone um has so much weight to it and it's the it's the foundation by which we have developed our work uh, uh, our technique which is available online and also our book and and this podcast and everything that we're talking about relates to that simple phrase yeah because and we'll give you some examples because basically what happened is so we've both been in the field these years working with clients and you know, getting, um, for lack of a better way of saying it, and we've already said it here, but just, you know, getting frustrated over the years at what was entailed from a treatment standpoint, uh, you know, in order to help, in order to help our clients, what it, what it took. And at various times, I know Karen and I, who, who didn't know each other all those years ago, but it's almost like we realized we were living parallel lives. How many times I sat in my office with a client and thought, oh, crap, you know, there's got to be a, there has got to be a better way. Like literally sitting in my office going, you know, this kind of sucks for, for the, for the client, dragging them through the mud, whatever that, and you know, what, what talk therapy entailed, quite frankly, was quite painful. Yeah. 
Um, it, you know, and most, uh, most psychotherapists know this, but we go through Kleenex like crazy. We, um, the, the typical traditional talk therapy session where you, like Tracy's mentioned to, where you go back, where you go relive these painful memories, um, it's very emotional. And we always were told and trained, bringing up these emotions is important. Well, because people are usually, the whole point about why we get stuck in our behaviors that um, ultimately lead to symptoms of anxiety, depression, whatever it might be, is because of the emotions attached that have been programmed. But we never saw it that way. I mean, we would, my good Lord, and, and it, you know, if that's one of the things we're understanding now. I mean, I feel like I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. I, I wouldn't mind just showing the sequence here because we store our memories and the emotions attached to them and they kind of dictate how we view our world in front of us. So if you view the world um, in kind of a fearful way, there's a good chance you have a bunch of memories stored up that caused fear, that caused, you know, that, that made you afraid or scared or like you had no power or no control or no voice or no say. So, so what we would do is help people identify the feelings that they have as they are as they relate to the memory we'd bring up the memory identify the feelings as the feelings are being displayed so they have to feel the feelings so they have to feel the fear they have to go through the memory and let's say it's a tough memory um, and they have to feel the feelings and we help them process the feelings as they're feeling it so you have to relive those feelings and the only way to truly get on the other side of the feelings is when you process them enough that they kind of become, you become kind of desensitized to them. And that can- problem with that, it could take how long, Tracy? Oh, I mean, years. It can years. take years. Absolutely, um, years. Um, and, and everybody, and like I said, we said earlier, this is subjective. So there isn't a, there isn't a formula that fits for every person. And a small trauma, let's say bullying on the playground could take, years as much as let's say um, sexual trauma as a child there isn't there's so much subjectivity in this field that there isn't a a, a formula that fits for all people so that's that's kind of um an understanding that that tracy and i have uh, are really more well, what were some of the i mean let's give you some examples of what we yeah. experienced yeah yeah so I'll give an example that um, I, I can remember very vividly. And that was when I was uh, an intern um, in a public health agency. I had a client that was severely traumatized sexually as a child. And she, she came into me for a matter of weeks. Um, the same memory we had to relive over and over and over again. And, and as, a, as an intern, I reported to supervisor. My supervisor, um, let, I, I was asked in, in, my, in my internship classes, okay, I've got this client and this is what she is displaying. She's very, very um, emotional every time I bring her in. And, and, and what's tough, Kara, is when they have to leave, right? You're not sure. Oh, absolutely. Because you have walking. And this is what I was trying to do. I had her write a letter, and we processed and processed and processed. We write a letter to her abuser. Now, it was not something she enjoyed doing, of course. It was very, very painful for her. It was painful for me. 
um, there was severe abuse involved. So I would go to my supervisor, who, my, who is a well, very, very well-respected professor, and I would just say, what more can I do? What can I do other than this? And frankly, she looked at me after, after really a lot of thought, and she said, Kara, that's all I got. That's all and that was a truthful, it doesn't mean that she, you know, that was a truthful answer. She, she didn't know what else, we didn't know that, we didn't know what else to do. You only kind of know what you know. But, but Kara, it sounds, you know, I got the impression that kind of like at your core, your thought was there, there has got to be a, a better way. And I know that throughout the course of my um, years in my private practice, I, I know there were times when I just felt to my, in my gut this doesn't feel right. I mean, I had, I had numerous over the course of years, similar type cases with what you're saying, Kara, with, with um, dealing with sexual abuse and people having to, you know, having to drag them back through the mud of those memories. Trauma, you know, how bad that felt having to have people, I'll never forget the one bringing up a rape, reliving the rape in order to help I process the feelings as she displays them as she's reliving the rape. Oh my good Lord. I was like, is this really, is this really all we got? Yes. This is this necessary? Well, is it necessary? Now, granted in her case, now as an intern, you maybe not, you might not have had the chance to really see that case through. Um, what really happens as you know, once you were in your practice, you, you just, you just do see it through you. So like in that rape case that I'm talking about that particular client, she was a client for, boy, I bet it was four or five years. She was a client. So ultimately those feelings did become minimized. She did start to become just kind of desensitized to the intensity of them. And that was a great feeling when she finally got there. But you know, five years of dragging someone through the mud of a horrific experience just feels like crap often. Yeah. And then not to mention the fact that sometimes the results that you finally get, you finally get after, oh, blah, you know, um, the results aren't always sustainable or sometimes they're short-lived or so, sometimes there's like an ebb and flow to the results. They're kind of... Um, you know, we finally get progress and you finally feel good. And then two years down the road, you're, something triggers you. You get like severely scared. Something brings up a fear. And all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're flooded again with that old fear. Mm -hmm. so, so anyway, the point here is that it's, at some point, well, it was a process throughout both of our careers. We both at, at times often thought, is this really necessary? Is there a different way? And we both eventually went on a quest. You know, mine, we, we, we went on a quest mm -hmm. to see if there was anything else out there that we could do because we had kind of had it. We, in my case, I was basically starting to get kind of burnt out, I guess you would say, with the whole process. And, and I think we both did. But there was one thing that you and I both have, and that is a passion to help people. You know, we didn't go into this profession, um, you know, to make a ton of money or anything else. But that, that's one thing that I would say that both of us have. That drives us. And, and many psychotherapists feel the same way. Right. So we wanna bring, we wanna shed light on this awareness of, of how neuroscience has entered into the mainstream psychotherapy. 
Well, so, so what happened in this journey, I was shocked and floored and thrilled to find out that in the, in the recent, like this is very recent, in the past decade or so, um, there's, been some, there's been some huge findings, some new breakthroughs in the field of neuroscience, which is, which is science, you know, the study of the brain, but it's science as opposed to subjective psychotherapy. The science is now, uh, has now uncovered how we store memories. They actually know where, how memories, how they're stored, where they're stored, and that we live our lives using those memories in kind of a programmed fashion. The, the memories accumulate over the course of our lifetime. They're stored, we're programmed with them, and then we view the world accordingly. So we knew that the memories affected how we viewed our world, which is why we would deal with those old memories, trauma, abuse, whatever it was. Um, but now that we had kind of a better understanding of exactly how that all worked, we had something to work with from a scientific standpoint. And I could not believe, it felt like, like almost like dumb luck, that mm -hmm. the timing was such that about the time that I was really kind of getting frustrated, I was realizing there's, we, there are actually other options. Mm -hmm. and this is new, relatively new. I mean, they were using this information um, more in the field of, of like kind of physical healing if we understand how things are stored and processed in the body, can we help heal pain, autoimmune disease, um, chronic pain, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. and, and it just made sense that psychotherapists were starting to look at, well, how can we use this information in terms of how it relates to behaviorism? Right. And that, that's where Tracy and I have come full circle, so to speak, and this understanding. And that's why we're so excited. And that's why we want to shed light on all of this for everyone, because not just, not the, just the field of psychotherapy, but people in general. Now there's, there's hope for, for change. And you don't have to be drugged through the mud for years like, like Tracy and I have experienced and witnessed it. And, and our poor clients have um, also had to experience. Well, because with these new findings, we now understand that you can actually go in and reprogram you can like literally go in and reprogram these, the way that the, that everything is, that's okay, honey. Um, we can reprogram the way our memories are stored and processed. So you, so you actually don't have to spend years going through this. The science behind it is that we can, we know now that they're stored in the subconscious mind. So can we get to the subconscious mind? It turns out, yes, it all has to do with brainwave frequencies. We know that, the way in which they're stored is in the form of energy. Can you do something with energy and reorganize? You would, what can you do with energy? Well, it turns out you can do quite a bit. You can break up the way a memory is stored by energetically meeting it, meeting it at its energetic frequency and diluting the energetic storage so that it now looks different. It's organized differently there in the subconscious mind and it doesn't have the same charge. That's science. That's not subjective kind of going through and talking through things ad nauseum. And we, we talked about in the last podcast, we talked about these energetic exercises and just to recap there, we, right. they're out there, they're available. They're, they're acronyms for long words that, that, you know, you might want to look up, but the one is EMDR, one is EFT, 
Um, one is RRT. Um, have I covered them all? Um, oh, well, of course, there's um, NLP. NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming. So these are energetic exercises that are utilized to break up this uh, stored emotional energy. And, and they're, they're extremely powerful, and we encourage the listeners to go and check those out if you want something other than your typical um, drug through the mud type of. Uh, right. So what we did, if you think about, so, so what the hope now is that, see, so the difference there, just to state the obvious when we're saying about have therapists, have us therapists been dealing with the wrong part of the mind, uh, through the traditional talk therapy, you're dealing with the conscious part of the mind. In this new way of thinking, we go to the subconscious part of the mind. So we go directly to the source. Right. more or less of where memories are now stored we're just going directly to the source and we're and we're manipulating and changing the memories you know as opposed to just reliving them and then reliving them again and then reliving them again for five years let's go back over that rape now what happened that night oh right. God. so instead now we can manipulate which becomes a reprogramming which becomes a much more because of the science behind it it's objective it's much less subjective it is an actual reprogramming, so the changes are sustainable. It is a much more humane way of doing it. And that's, that's the part that we're so excited about. And so if you kind of think back to Kara all those years ago being an intern and feeling kind of desperate, there's got to be something different. This, this just feels sucky. Um, and her supervisor saying that, you know, Kara, that's all I got. You know, imagine now. You know, if Kara's sitting at that table and she's got an intern and the intern says, there's got to be something else. Kara says, I've got some tools for you. And it's got some tools and, and, and they are, they are life changing in terms of where you can get a client uh, or, or, or whoever we're working with from A to B. That's, that's the crux of this. That's the beauty of all of this. And, and um, that, that's so much if nothing else, understand there's, there is hope, it's science-backed, and behavior and um, even personality can now be examined in another way. Everybody can do this. And so the hope is for, you know, like I kind of think of it like for whichever side of the couch you're on. If you're sitting at that supervisor's, you know, at a, <clears throat> in, a in a conference, like a supervisory conference, scenario there's hope now for all of for therapists sitting there saying you know what else could we do for this person that's not that's not so difficult is all this necessary there's hope now for the tools that are available for the therapists and of course more importantly there's hope for the client there's hope for all of us and you don't even have to be a client quite frankly you can look up some of these energetic tools online and you yeah. can do some of this just in the privacy of your own home Absolutely. there's there is hope for all of us across the board. And that's what's exciting. That's our message. That's our new mission. That's our new mantra. This is where we're spreading the good, the good news. Yeah, yeah. So check us out at soulhappy.com. Read about us. Um, we're, we're, just, we're just so passionate about this topic, and we're, we're going to continue talking about it um, and, until we get this message relayed. There is a lot of hope out there. Right. Okay. So thanks everybody for joining us. We'll see you next time.
We'd like to thank you for taking time in your busy day to stop in and give us a listen. If you want to learn more about all of the stuff we talk about and then some, you can visit me, Veronica Drake, at veronicadrake.com and the ladies, Kara Hewitt and Tracy Zaboral at soulhappy.com. Until next time, take care.